0: Hello and welcome to episode seven of Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure and I'm your host Martin Bushby and with me as always is the main man himself Andrew Thompson.
1: How's it going with you this month mate? I'm doing good man I'm doing good. It's glad to be back. I love doing this show my good man Martin. How you feeling my guy? Yeah I'm
0: I'm doing good mate. I mean um, the UK is uh, potentially opening up from lockdown this summer. I mean fingers crossed we're uh, you know we're gonna be all open up this summer but how's things going over there in the states with you uh (laughs) it's going (laughs)
1: it is it's definitely going like uh people i I don't think people have really stopped uh like i I know still seeing a lot of people up in clubs and partying all over i mean and i i guess you do what you do but like i don't think this pandemic is going you know wrap up anytime soon you know if we keep you know doing what we're doing but hey you know alas you know people going to do what they do. But it, it, I mean, it, I, I guess it seems like a lot of more, a lot more people are getting vaccinated. So I guess mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's always a good thing, but I mean, I, I still, people got to remember just because you got the vaccine don't mean that you can't catch COVID. Like it's just to prevent uh, from any fatality, just to lessen the, the possibility of a fatality happening or a really bad reaction. So, um, reaction to the virus. So yeah, just keep wearing your mask, man. And, uh, stay safe. I think that's the only thing, the only thing we can keep doing until it's, until it's fully gone.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's some good advice. And um, you've lined up a, a great guest for us this week, haven't you?
1: Well, in- Indeed, man. Uh, today today is one of my, what might be one of my favorite guests to date. I always love seeing this dude win, man. He is the founder yeah. of Play Y'all Wrestling Post, uh, consistently covering all the wrestling news uh, that he can with his uh, coherent reviews and the five news week. Uh, this is the one and only Omar. What is going on, my good man?
2: I'm doing great, man. I'm. It's so excited to be on your show. Um, I when I when I heard the announcement that you were going to get the podcast, was it like late last year. I was I was happy for you. So it's great being on the show, and uh, let's let's get talking about to, uh, about uh, NXT
1: takeover. You know. Yeah, there you go for sure, man. Martin, shall, shall you shall you lead us off, my good man.
0: Well, it's it's great to be joined by you, Omar. I mean, for our for our listeners, obviously, this is your first podcast. Uh, just tell us a bit about yourself and um and the blog that you run.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I found a player wrestling post in 2018. I've been a fan of wrestling since 2007, and I've been consistently writing. Well, technically, I I got consistent in June of 2018, and it's been going on since then. And um, I I started the Newsweek, the Five Newsweek, in late later that year because I was just too lazy to write wrestling um, <laughs> separately. So. Go, went on from there. Then I started the Coherent Wrestling Wednesdays, where I recapped uh, NXT Takeover, uh, the NXT and AEW Dynamite, because you know, I, again, I was I was too lazy to make separate reviews, and so I had to adapt from there as well. So
1: another. Cool it's just thing going good. On.
2: I'm just creating more content.
1: Yeah, I'm about to say another cool. Yeah, thing, okay, man, go ahead. That you, I'm about to say another cool thing, man? Is that you? Uh, you're residing in Dubai.
2: I mean it's 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 I uh, we have way more residents than actual citizens, so it's really rare to see a MRT Dubai citizen. It's really, really hard. So when you're going down, when you're going outside, you just meet different, different people. It's it's kinda like New York or Los Angeles, you know, you just meet different, different it's pretty multicultural and you know, so
0: Yeah, I've got a few friends who moved out there. It definitely sounds like um, a very interesting place to go. I always wanted to go myself. But um, aside from that, Andrew, we've we've got his own plug to get in. Um, As Mr. Waiting uh, announced on Monday, we've got uh, 25% off our (laughs) T-shirt until Monday. Post-wrestling store, I mean, 25% off. I mean, what's that? 19 bucks US, even less if you're talking about pounds that I use over in the UK. Come on.
1: Support your go, lads. Fantastic go. design by Chris Matheson. <laughs> go, go, go get the shirt, man. Um, when I was on the, um, I was doing the impact uh, review with Davy last night, Davy Pullman over there up next. I made, I made a subtle threat, a, a small, a small threat. I was just like, go buy the shirt. We're going to throw hands. And that's all, that's all I got to say. No, 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 <laughs> look, just go buy the shirt, man. Go get the shirt. Half off. Look, waiting, put, put in a good deal. Don't, just, just go buy a shirt. That's all I gotta say. Well, me and Mark will come get you. That's it.
0: Yeah, don't buy another CM Punk top. Just buy. <laughs> don't buy another wrestling shirt. It might not be the coolest one, but you know what wrestling shirts are. You know, So me and Andrew. I'll buy some food for the week.
1: Oh yeah, Ma- Mark uh, the, you, I, I think we, me and you, kind of talked about it a little bit on Twitter. Uh, the design for the shirt. Uh, the, I, I saw thirty minutes of the Bill and Ted movie for the first time ever. Wow. And I, I, I know uh, Mike Murray uh. For, for wow! Wrestling Network was not he—he he, he was not too pleased uh, that that, that I never seen uh, Bill and Ted. Oh, well, that blows my mind. I must have watched
0: that thing a million times when I was like ten years old. What about you, Omar, Omar? I'm, Surely you've seen Bill and Ted's Excellent I, Adventure.
2: I saw the f- I saw the first one because you know my my dad would show me old movies and stuff. So you know, I mean, obviously the famous line was "It right on, dude" or something. Yep. It just, it's a childhood movie as well, so. You know, so I, I don't blame uh who's the guy that that said um was shocked that Andrew didn't saw Bill and Ted was the name again? Mike. Oh, Mike. Yeah. I, I'm actually i I'm yeah, Mike. So
1: Yeah so I I made it I made it like thirty minutes into the movie before I passed out. So it was it, 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 was, it was good it was good from what I oh, saw. Oh damn. And then like it was well let, let me yeah. I say I thought it I I didn't yeah. it was good, but, uh, I didn't think but I was like into it for like the you know for the time it was on and then you know i was out like a light and then that was it yeah there you go
0: ladies and gentlemen what a review i was 30 <laughs> minutes into it before i passed out slap, slap that on the uh on the movie poster <laughs> andrew thompson <laughs> but um anyway yeah. shall we get into what we're about to talk about because obviously wrestlemania is coming up soon isn't it and we thought this month we'd journey back to 2016 and look at the uh nxt takeover dallas show and uh ninth takeover in total but um, this was the very first one to be held over wrestlemania weekend on the 1st of april from the K. bailey hutchinson convention center in dallas texas and then even though this is only five years ago it's i think it's very interesting to go back and look at the different positions a, a lot of these people are and on, on this card andrew now
1: yeah man it is very that, that, that is an interesting point where you look at how spread out I guess you 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 could say the people are that were on this card like where they are now. Uh, I think one of the like first things that come off the bat is you look at, and i I'm already, I know me and you have talked about this on a couple different podcasts uh, that we've done uh, through throughout our time doing this doing this specific podcast we talked about like the like the up and down career of Austin Aries uh, throughout the years, and uh mm-hmm. you know it's it, it like when I immediately you know the first match on this card of course was you know you saw Jason Jordan and Chad Gable. Um, you know, I that that really that really made me miss this team overall, and I kind of feel bad for Jason Jordan that he get to get to keep, you know, let, living out, you know, what, what we assume is his dream. And, You know, he was kind of he he had an up and down start, one in the singles round, but it seemed like you know he was kind of you know heading somewhere big. But yeah, it it is it is real interesting to see where everybody on this card is now.
0: Omar, um, I know you said you started the blog in 2018. Um, do you remember checking out this show uh, way back in 2016?
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember it aired at, I, I wouldn't say uh, 5 a.m. specifically. And no, no. I was so excited. I was so d- excited for this show. And I remember uh, the takeover after the after it uh, was a takeover Brooklyn 2. I, I was so excited for that takeover specifically. I couldn't sleep. That's how excited I was, and and Dallas wasn't, and so um, wasn't um what it was. So it wasn't um so of course it was one of them. It was one of the exciting uh, takeovers. Um, it sold out um, nine nine thousand people. It was sold out, which I mean, that's according to Wikipedia. So I don't know how you trust Wikipedia or not, but <laughs> it's just you can tell that it was sold out because the crowd was just so exciting and lively, like all uh, takeover shows until obviously the pandemic hit. So yeah. just it, another great takeover show, just A pluses or A stars are all around. So,
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, NXT these days, maybe not as hot as it once was, but at the time, you know, this was a really hot ticket, wasn't it? I mean, you know, with there 9,000 people, and I think this was like sort of like the biggest takeover they've run to this point, um, Really hard to get tickets for this event, and NXT was always a huge deal among wrestling fans. I think, safe to say, not just WWE fans, but also your more indie fans, hardcore fans who are maybe, not, maybe interested in the main product, would always check this one out. And um, mm-hmm. like you said there, I mean, coming into this event, we'd had the previous two takeovers. We'd had the London one with Balor and Joe, and then the, the previous one to that with the Sasha Bailey Ironwoman match, and it had really moved on from just being a developmental brand and onto being a sort of genuine third brand of WWE. I mean, it's, it's fair to say, I think that this Dallas show kickstarted a great run of these takeover shows for the next few years. on
1: Yeah, it definitely did. Like, and I was going to ask you, Mark, do you think just from, you know, from your years watching professional wrestling, do you always think, and, and being at shows, do you think that these, and, and and nine thousand is is in, in no way a small crowd, but do you think like these more like compact arenas, compact buildings with that number of people inside them creates more noise opposed to having like a big arena filled with twenty thousand people kind of not necessarily spread out but just not as close as they would be in this particular setting? Like it it, it just sounds like the it's just more livelier in these type of compact type of buildings.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's certainly when you have it in those stadiums, the noise just travels upwards, doesn't it? And you completely lose it. And also, I think the fans are always a lot more vocal at these shows, it seems, than a regular WWE show, aren't they, Omar? Omar.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, an- another, um, so you pretty much said it, you pretty much nailed the head uh, when it comes to the takeover shows.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to see like how far they've come and where they're sort of like maybe slumping a bit yeah. now. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, um, I, I think it's just more so because of the you know, of course, like Omar mentioned, because of the pandemic. Like it's just the, 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 the shows just haven't been the same. And, and, and even though uh, you know they do have people in attendance, is like you, you, it's kind of like. Uh, taken aback a little bit because of the the piped-in crowd noise that's still there, even though you have actual people in attendance. And it's, it, it's just not the same. I don't feel like NXT takeovers will be the same until you get back into those uh, full arenas.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, but I suppose um, opening up the show, we have a package showcasing Texas wrestling. Since you're in Dallas, you see uh, clips of the likes of the Von Erics, Terry Funk, Shawn Michaels, all the legends, and JBL thrown in there at the end um, god knows why um but then we've got sort of like tom phillips and cory graves on commentary and um thoughts on this uh, commentary team as far as uh, commentary teams go walmart
2: i think the commentary team is great two-man booths I, I somehow miss two-man booths i mean these days we've seen like three four five and it kind of you know it's distracting from time to time but the two-man booths was so great tom phillips And Corey Graves, they had like excellent chemistry together, and you know this is this is one of them. I mean, Corey was great on the commentary team, and he did he got a lot better, especially when he moved to Monday Night Raw. Was it July of this year? The second brand split, so I I think it's it's a great commentary team and a great pairing.
0: Oh, interesting, yeah, because Corey sometimes gets some flack off fans, uh, Andrew. Yeah, um, how how do you find his (laughs) uh? How do you find his country style?
1: uh the, just from Corey Glaze uh just, just on the point of him um getting flack he he uh he, he tweets out some things that I don't think a lot of people are too fond of I don't know I agree I don't know, if you, I don't know if you guys caught the latest uh episode of Smackdown but Kevin Owens kind of made kind of made light of it when Corey Glaze is talking to you, Kevin Kevin Owens is like yeah I've seen some of your social media you don't make the best decisions and uh wow <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, but I, I think Corey Graves is a is a good commentator. I think to say that he isn't that that's a that would just be a lie. Like, but it was it was real interesting to see them him and Phillips there because you can tell they they have less bass in their voice and they sound like real young. Like, it, it, it was crazy to see. Uh, and it was like 2016, man, that that well, I don't know why that feels like a lifetime ago. Like, I know uh, usually before, it does before we get into the podcast, Martin uh, does this tradition that I always like when he uh kind of goes over the year 2016 and stuff like that and talks about music and all that type of stuff. And it just seems like 2016 was like the like, I, I don't know why, but it, it seems like that was like just a whole other lifetime ago.
0: Oh, yeah, especially like um, when you're in wrestling as well, things move so quickly, don't they, that these shows, you're like, whoa, was it only like sort of five years ago? But yeah, it really <laughs> was. But um, should we get into the opening match here? We had uh, American Alpha against The Revival, and the crowd, as we already know, it is well up for this. I mean, hot crowds really became a staple of these these takeover events, and this was a great opener um Revival had only been around in NXT for a couple of years at this point, but them and Alfred sort of fast become two of the best teams on the brand. Um, Some great chance in this one, Uh, which one's Dawson and which one's Dash from the crowd. (laughs) Um, I think it's easier now because we're more used to them. But I mean, remembering back then, Omar, I mean, it was really hard to tell them apart, I think.
2: It was. Even to this day, I still get confused by their names in (laughs) AEW. I'm like, which one is it? Is it Cash Wheeler, uh, uh, Dax, Dax? You know, I'm just, I I get confused as well. So 100% I agree with you on there.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help that they've uh, changed their names in the last year as well. And they're both like, yeah, it's sort of like one's the ball guy and one's the other one, isn't it? But um. Yeah. yeah, going back to Alpha though, I mean they had a they had a formula for a lot of these matches with Gable getting beaten up before Jordan makes a hot tag and clears house. A classic formula being used by a lot of tag teams that I think they use really well. And then obviously the revivals, more homage to the '80s specifically, Tully and On. Um, you mentioned um, American Alpha earlier, Andrew. I mean, what a team they were, incredibly over with any NXT audience, no matter where they wrestled around this time period.
1: Yeah, especially like I'm pretty sure you guys heard it. Like when when their theme song first hit, that crowd went insane. Mm. Like they they they, they love uh, Gable and Jordan together, man. And you know, it it, it seemed like their entire and you know, when you look at their entire run as a whole in WWE, it was like 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 how we see from many NXT talents. It's like up and down. Like they hit they hit in an NXT and then they get to either Raw or SmackDown and it's good for a little bit and then it just doesn't work or it isn't good off the jump and then they kind of find their way. And like, I'm just kind of sad that they didn't get to do uh, more together. And it was like um, like when, when I was – like I was listening to Big E on the uh, ESPN's GP podcast and I was interested to get you guys' thoughts on it because I think he made like a real good point about NXT call-ups. And he was like – he thinks the main issue is that people have these expectations of what they think NXT talents will do when they come up from the main roster because they're running NXT so good and then they come up to the main roster and then people just think that's going to continue and then nine times out of ten – Oh, eight times out of ten, it's probably not gonna happen. So he think people should kind of reset their expectations of what say a talent is gonna do. Like do you think that like, do either you think I was gonna go to Omar first and then he'll come to Martin? Do you guys think that, that that's something that we should try to do when watching WWE programming when we see a talent from NXT and they were had a very successful run and then we should just kind of reset our thought process on them when they come up to the main roster to come when they come up to the main roster to, you know, kind of prevent that disappointment, if if, if that's the word?
2: In some ways, yes. I mean, when you look at the creative team from, you know, the main roster and then NXT, they're just two different, you know, creative teams with different visions and they see what kind of characters goes from there and there and there. So I could somewhat see what he, where he's coming from. But, you know, a star, when you look at a star, you look, you know, you look at his, um, for example, you see somebody like Finn Battle, like the dude is a baby face. I mean, the dude is a, a star in my opinion, because, you know, he's done great things with Bullet Club and now, you know, in NXT, and I, I legit saw him as a, you know, a top face of the company. So I understand from both sides, because on one hand, they see a certain expectation for certain wrestlers, while at the same time, I do understand where he, where where is coming from, from a creative perspective, you know, two different creative teams that might clash and stuff. So I could see where both sides are coming from, so...
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because on the women's side, we've had a number of people transition onto the main roster and become bona fide main eventers. Sure, there's been some bumps in the road with Sasha and Bailey, but I think we saw, especially last year, you know, they were they really became sort of like bona fide sort of main event stars on the main roster. I think for the male side, I mean, Roman and Bray Bray at a push. I mean, none of these guys seem to transition into bigger stars on the main roster. They it's either they just seem to get lost in the shuffle. I mean i don't know andrew is it the nxt bubble i mean we see these guys in there and they kind of get a great reaction from the crowd so we automatically expect them to go up to the main roster and have that so i suppose biggie maybe is correct there that you know people should temper their expectations but still some of the stuff i mean rick what's what's happened to ricochet you know i mean he's certainly one of the most exciting wrestlers out there and what's he doing now and then uh you know, sort of like your Alistair Blacks and people like that, you know, they are obviously very talented and, you know, perhaps we will see them sort of like rise up, you know, further up the card in later years. But it just seems like, you know, Vince McMahon perhaps sees these people not on the level that we do when we see them in NXT. Now,
1: now, I think that's like a real good point that you mentioned about the NXT bubble. Because I, I think that may be a real thing because like I, I know he, he, leaving back back then in 2016 2017 there was a specific audience for nxt and then there and then there's that some of that is that kind of same audience for the main roster wwe but it's mostly like you know casual wrestling fans that Mm. that tune into the product yeah it's, 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 it's like it's just two different audiences and then i also think that you know at the helm of everything, I don't think it's no secret is, you know, everything runs through Vince and, you know, what he says goes. So I think it's just two different, two different visions, man. Like the people, the powers that be in NXT, uh, kind of more ear to the ground. Like they know they, they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're kind of focusing in on the hardcore wrestling fan in a way, while still, uh, applying to the, 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 the casual WWE audience, they kind of, but, but more so, you know, have their ears to the ground. So yeah, it's just two. Two two different audiences, two different products for most for the most part. When we're talking about this specific time period, but uh, yeah, I think Biggie was kind of you know spot on with his um you know, with, with his uh, with, with his comments. But like I, I did really like the match between the two. It was really like really really entertaining. Uh, I did enjoy when um when, when Dax and Cash had their little slip up, and then the crowd started doing the Botchamania chant. Like that was <laughs> that, that that like you you go uh, as only in professional wrestling bro you get a uh, get a get a get a nice botchamania chant that go for like two minutes straight and and I like yeah that, I like that, that yeah didn't really um they you you could tell they were kind of they were slightly thrown off bad but they kind of played into it and it just let the crowd keep going until they eventually quieted down and then they you know took control back of the uh took control back of the mat so that I think that was a real cool moment.
0: What about you, Arm? I, I mean, agree. He seem to have a great chemistry, didn't? they? these two was a was a tag team.
2: Yeah. Speaking of the um, Butch Mini Chan, I bet Matthew. After watching that match, I, I bet he's proud. Just seeing <laughs> the crowd, just chanting his name, thousands of people. I love that match. What a great opener! It's you know what when I watched this match, it made me think. You know, it's a shame that we didn't see American Alpha on the main roster. Um, it didn't last, that team didn't last for a very long time, which is kind of a shame because I think they're both great. Jackie, uh Jack, um, J- <clears throat> Chad Gable, and Jason Jordan, which is great. Chad Cable with the uh, c- comedic side, and Jason Jordan with more the serious and the heavy lifting. So um, I think you know it made me think of. American Alpha as a team, especially their match with the Usos, are like SmackDown in 2016, 17. Mm-hmm. Damn, it just made me think of. Um, and as far as the revival, I was not the biggest fan of the revival up until maybe around Dallas, and it made me think. And it made me um it, that team actually uh, grew on me as the tag team. So you know, with the, you know old school, you know no flips and stuff. So mm. and just they brought a sense of, I would say, nostalgia, but also uniqueness to the tag team division, not only in NXT, but I would argue in WWE.
1: Mm. Just saying, f- fittingly enough, uh, you know, just, I want to get. I also want to get you guys thoughts on this. We got WrestleMania coming back to Dallas next year. And that was why I was like, just, yeah. just, just, just off the top of you guys' head, well, wh- what could you see possibly being the main event of next year's WrestleMania? I know a lot of people were eyeing Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Like do you think that's a that's a possibility, and do you think they can keep Roman going, Roman going hot that long, for a whole year until the, until he would would eventually come and face the Rock?
0: Yeah, since you put that thought in my head, I can't think about it. other than, <laughs> um, I mean, um, and you know, money talks, don't they? Never say never in wrestling. You know, I could definitely see that being you know a big. It's a big old stadium in Dallas, isn't it? So yeah, they yeah. certainly got to uh, you know. Pull uh, a huge rush uh, out, out of the out of the back deck to uh to fill that thing, haven't they?
1: Do yeah, you think Omar? Yeah, Do you think they go rock and roll? I, at, I, think uh, I, Mania?
2: I I'm not so sure. I don't. I'm not so sure if they're going to keep that momentum for that long. I, I, I really, I can't see it. But you know, who knows? You know, who knows what happens in the year? I could see the Roman and Brock match at Los Angeles. The the Los Angeles, mainly because, you know, The Rock, he's a Hollywood star and he could, you know, it Mm. it kind of fits the theme of it. So I could see that. But, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind The Rock. I'm sorry. Roman Reigns being the universal champion for like at least another year or so. I don't mind either way. So.
0: Yeah, it certainly be interesting to see what they do to fill that stadium. But um, I suppose back to where we were talking about NXT and sort of people tempering their expectations, I do feel like there was a big missed opportunity with American Alpha. I mean, they were so hot, worked so well as a team. Um, they broke up not too long after coming up to the main roster and Jason Jordan was, you know... Had that whole thing about him being revealed as the illegitimate <laughs> son of Kurt Angle, and then um, Shan <laughs> Gable being stuck with the awful, awful Shorty G gimmick, and um I think Shorty G, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jordan's now a producer in WWE. Yeah, he's uh, a neck surgery, ain't he? I mean, a huge missed opportunity with these two. I mean, they seemingly they had it all in NXT, or was that just their ceiling? Omar, no do you think? I,
1: I
2: you know. That Shuri G thing was so bad. I actually wrote Chad Cable's name because I didn't even want to call it Shuri G. I was like, <laughs> Chad Cable, Chad Cable. I'm like, he's Chad Cable to me. Uh, what was the question again, Marty? Can you repeat it?
0: Yeah, I was just saying, do you think NXT was their ceiling or could they have done more with them on the main roster?
2: They could do a lot more with them, especially when they were SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I remember their feud with the White family. Oh, was it was Bray White and Randy Orton. I think it had potential. But I, I think this is another example of WWE kind of limiting them in um in in that ceiling. But I I do think they have a lot of potential, a lot of potential. So, and I and by the way, I could see the VOD villains being a, a great team as well. I know it has nothing to do with uh, the American Alpha, but so.
0: No, but they were a team around this time period, weren't they? Because yeah. obviously the Revival had only just changed their names. Um, they were used to be called the Mechanics, didn't they? And I think it was February <laughs> 2016. And they, they beat the Vogue Villains. Uh, remember them for the sort of tag belts. Um, early days for them as a team. But, um, yeah, there seemed to be a lot of good te- tag teams around NXT at this time period. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, NXT, they they really did have a, a real solid tag team division. It was kind of the same uh, for 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 quite some time throughout the years, like they always had two, like two pillars at the top of the tag team division, and then you had another crop of like solid tag teams underneath them. Like I remember, for a period of time, it was like the Street Profits and War Machine, and then you know you had uh the the the, the revival, and then you had TM Six One underneath. Matt, I miss Shane Thorne and um um Nick Miller, bro. Like that, they they, they they were TM like, Six like,
2: One Facts One Hundred. They agree were they were
1: so underrated, bro. And I, I and and I, I felt like they. They 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 really got the rug taken under, under like, take, pulled from underneath them, and it wasn't no fault of NXTs. It was just Nick Miller had that ACL injury, I think, or Shane Thorne had the injury, and then it kind of just it, it, it went off the rails for them. And I remember, I, I remember when AOP was hot. Like I, I I really got into AOP a lot. Like I really thought I really thought they were like one of the like it, it was it was it rare yeah. in professional wrestling, especially in these days when you see like Paul a,
2: Ellering a, yeah, as a, Paul, as a
1: manager. Facts. Yeah, Paul Paul Ellering was in there, and like you, it, it's rare when you see like a a big man team like that's like presented in that manner. Like, and, and I, I thought they, they really shined in, in NXT's tag team division. I, I thought they could have, they, they could have done more in the main roster with them. It, it felt like they were kind of, you know, treading towards that direction a little bit when Paul Heyman was, uh know, when we knew Paul Heyman was running things. And then like, it just kind of, you know, it kind of fell out and then they got let go and it was just, you know, it just went from there.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, with the revival, they obviously, when, Onto to bigger and better things, didn't they, from this match? You know, they had those crackers of DIY, but they seem to, as again, seems to be a theme of this, they floundered on the main roster. And, um, I mean, how do you think it's been going for them since moving from WWE to AEW? I mean, they had the, you know, there was all that build-up for, the, for yeah. the match with the books, which was decent. But I think, um, you know, with all the hype going into it, and, you know, they'd been building that thing for a couple of years with the FTR and things like that, you know, it was never going to match the hype, I don't think.
2: I don't. I don't think so. But I. I did enjoy FTR's run in AEW so far. That match with the Young Bucks at full gear, probably one of the one of the best tag team matches. It was also a dream match, so it was pretty cool as well. You know, whenever people say that the Young Bucks, I know this has nothing to do with FTR, but whenever people say the Young Bucks, they don't have um, uh, in ring psychology. I always uh, point them to that match because I think this is another example of um in-ring psychology from the young bucks with the leg and everything but I think FTR's run so far has been great them with Tully Bla- uh, Blanchard I think the stable with him and MJF and Wardlow uh, and uh, Sean Spears I think they're I think their run so far has been really really good and I think it only gets better from here from there
0: yeah certainly matching them up with Tully was sort of like and especially that promo from last week's Dynamite I definitely agree with that but um suppose uh, back onto the match and America Alpha uh, picked up the titles but and that was over huge with this crowd and then we uh, cut to the uh, cut to the audience and uh, we had a certain Mr. Kota Ibushi sat at ringside with Funaki I mean I um, seems to remember at the time we had uh, tons of speculation around Ibushi you know he hadn't re-signed with New Japan and he was billing himself as representing in the the Ibushi Pro Wrestling Research Institute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, he, he also appeared at Kju Big Battle over the over this WrestleMania weekend as well. I remember tons of speculation about whether he'd sign with WWE. And he, um, he obviously made the appearance in the Cruiseweight Classic Tournament in June of 2016. But I think, thankfully for him, that was him done with WWE. I can't really see Ibushi quite fitting into WWE full-time, uh, Andrew.
1: Yeah, they, they offered him a, um, a three-year deal and he turned that down and then they offered him a 2 year deal and he turned that down yeah like like i i can't like i, I couldn't really see abushi in you know in WWE it just felt like it, the, the cruiserweight yeah. classic thing was just the best thing for him to showcase speaking
2: you know, of the, the classic. cruiserweight classic um him his match with cedric alexander perfect just a perfect match
1: yeah that that that, that was one of my favorite uh matches from the cruiserweight classic tournament like abushi he really shined throughout that whole tournament and like, yeah, I, I really, I really couldn't see him in WWE is kind of like, I felt like they would have kind of done the same thing that they did with uh Kenta. Like they would have just, you know, tried to make something work in NXT. And then, you know, if it didn't work out, you know, now I don't think Ibushi would have ended up on 205 Live, but. You know, it was just like
0: you never know it, do you? That's the problem. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, that, 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 that's that's kind of like how you know how Kenseth's run turned out. Like he got he got injured a lot, and you know, I I think the straw that broke the camel's back with him was when he broke Brian Kendrick's nose with the GTS, and but but and then like it was just it, I, I think things just went kind of downhill for there for him, unfortunately. But yeah, man, Abushi, uh, yeah, like you said, man, a lot of buzz, and then like I think like right after this Abushi appearance, man, I think we saw a. Uh, jim ross and his and his uh and his wife which was hella sad when i saw that it is uh, it was sad i was like like just just knowing like retrospect like it was like a year later when she passed away i was like i know that was like i i, I can only imagine like some of the stuff that you know jr goes through on a on a middle yeah. side like just losing you know his significant other like that i'm pretty sure that's something that you don't just wake up four or five years later and just be like i'm over it so yeah i, I feel yeah. i feel for jr on that one
2: yeah, Korebushi, aka Korebushi, aka the only reason why TJP won the Cruiserweight Classic. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that that's a fact. That's a fact. Because I definitely think if Ibushi, uh, if would have signed, TJP would never would have never won the Cruiserweight Classic.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, TJP back in Impact now. But um, on to match two. And uh, we had uh, Austin Aries against Baron Corbin. And Aries, I think, had just made his debut for NXT the, the previous month to this and was immediately in a feud with Baron Corbin. And, well, not a terrible match. This is probably the worst one on the show, I'd say. I mean, <laughs> Corbin's just never been good, has he? I mean, you kind of forgave some of his shortcomings in NXT at the time, but it's never happening for him, I don't think, Andrew.
1: So... So you know what, Mario I'm, I'm 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 gonna take the, I'm gonna take the high road on this. So you know what, I'm I'm gonna give Baron Corbin his props. As, okay, I'm, I'm I'm gonna give him his props as an in-ring performer, right? And it, there's only ways I'm gonna do that because he, I I think while he may not be the best when you look at it, when you match him up against some of the talents that are currently in WWE, I feel like he does a really good job of playing the role in the ring that he's supposed to play like being that sometimes I guess the heavy lifter or the momentum killer or stuff like that. Like he does like a really good job of that stuff. He's, he's a real good dance partner. I think for some people, I don't think it's for everybody, but I think he can go in there with, you know, some guys like a Seth Rollins or a Ricochet or a AJ Styles and just be a really, really good dance partner for them. Now I, I do see what you saying. Like th- this match was not the most exciting thing in the world. I Like I was, you know, I, I I found myself looking at my phone quite a bit during this match, but, uh, but, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, but I, I do got to give Corbin his props just a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to say it. they call him like bad. I, I I don't think he's bad. I just don't think that he's up to par with what we expect from professional wrestling, but I do think that he is good at his job in certain roles that he's placed in. I will say that.
0: What about you, Omar? are you on the uh, on the Corbin bandwagon with uh with there? <laughs> Corbin
2: to me is just kind of hit or miss for me. I remember at one point I was I liked Corbin at, at one point, was it like 2016, 17-ish? But then he just kind of fell off for me. But I will say about Baron Corbin, his matches at the King of the Ring tournament, uh 2019, was it like September-ish? I love those. I think this is some of the best work. I think. Baron Corbin has done I think so far in his main roster run other than other than I mean he did win Money in the Bank but then he lost it pretty quickly in a very embarrassing fashion by the way Um, but Corbin's kind of hit or miss for me right now he's a bit of miss like I I said in my reviews that whenever Corbin feuds with somebody it's an automatic uh, it's an automatic disinterest so (laughs) yeah you know
1: I think Corbin is for the next couple of years in WWE. He's going to fill Dolph Ziggler's role. Like whenever there's a new guy yeah. coming up from NXT, give him Baron Corbin. Like I, I think I think that's like the the automatic thing for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um, a lot of kids are like struggling to sleep these days. Cause, you know, <laughs> listening to ASMR. And I appreciate you guys' opinions, but for me, uh, just stick a Baron Corbin. Match on and uh, <laughs> lights out for me.
1: Uh, said, <laughs> like you in the
0: Bill and Ted movie, uh, Andrew.
1: The, the, just, just like the Bill and Ted movie, but they man, <laughs> Aries, man call, calling himself uh, the greatest man that ever lived. Oh yeah, man, he, he, <laughs> man, the greatest man that ever lived. Come on, man, come on. He he, he ain't Martin bushby He can't be the great. <laughs> he can't be. There. He can't be. <laughs>
0: It's funny, anyway, it, with Aries, because I mean, you, you, to be fair to him, he did have some decent showings in NXT, but it, it's yeah. it's really hard, I think, to look back on it with fondness, considering what Clowny is in real life.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Facts. Exactly, and I, I think it's kind of the same thing with TJP. To be honest with you, like I don't think anybody discredits him as a as a wrestler, but it, it, I think, especially in this day and age, the social media age, it's really hard to kind of separate the two from, you know, separate the infant performer from the person. Like that's it's, true. It, it, it's, it's too difficult, especially yeah, because we're in this social media age.
0: Mm. I think I get it with, like, you know, I know Chris Ealy, the Professor Chris has always said, you know, people's political beliefs are going to be their political beliefs, so that's fair enough, but then when people like Aries are out here, you know, anti-masking, anti vaccine, right. all that, you know, sort of like yeah. arguing with science, so it's, not, it's not a good look, is it? Yeah, but, uh, conspiracy
2: theories. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Running rampant, sadly. But uh, yeah, he picked up the win here. And um, obviously, Corbin went up to the main roster, as we discussed there. And Aries was briefly on 205 Live before. Surprise, surprise, he was incredibly unpopular behind the scenes and was released by WWE in 2017. Um, I mean, he did have that good match mm. with Neville to open up main in Orlando. But surely, one must be one of the most unpopular men in wrestling now. Yeah. I mean, that is saying quite a deal about Aries. Every company he seems to go into, he seems to, yeah. you know, piss someone off backstage or annoy some of the other wrestlers. Yeah,
2: he does. I, I was watching Chris Van Vliet's interview with Austin Aries, and even 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 Chris Van Vliet, who's the most nicest dude he would <laughs> ever see in wrestling, even he was like, God damn, like I think you're full of, you know you know what I mean. So regarding Austin Aries, I, I do think the dude's talented. I just think he's a piece of S S H I T, if you know what I mean.
0: Very, very nicely put. But, yeah, I do I do agree with you. I think he's one of these guys who just can't help but get in his own way. He, he's like, you know, he's had, he had some good matches in ROH, he had some good matches in TNA, he had that whole point where he was collecting belts around the world and things like that, and he was having decent matches. And like I said, he did have some decent stuff in WWE, but he just can't seem to
1: get out of his own way, Andrew. Yeah, uh, I, I think Omar hit it on the head. Um, like, I, I think a lot of people, like, more recently, we think back to the situation uh, with John Morrison at the Bound for Glory show. And that 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 whole yeah. that that whole ordeal right there, like I, I I don't even know if that has been confirmed to be something storyline or author or, quote unquote. That, yeah, that, that's what they say it is. It's a work, but I, I I can't really call it to be honest with you. But yeah, Martin, I think he just can't get out of his own way, bro. And that's just how some people are in life in general. Like they got the talent, they got everything in front of them, and you know they just for some reason they just can't you know you no know, stay stay out that negative limelight, but. I mean, at the end of the day, bro, you got to look at it for what it is. Like, bro, that's a grown-ass man. He made his own decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he the, he he's at where he's at because because of himself. So, there it is. Yeah.
0: Should we uh, move on to something a lot better now? I mean, uh, match number. Yeah. Two. <laughs> I agree, I agree. And uh, probably the match and debut of this show is most remembered for Sami Zayn against Shinsei Nakamura. And Nakamura, obviously, making his debut and then Zayn making his final appearance in NXT and a uh, Nakamura's coming in so hot here as a free agent. I, I don't I don't think it's hyperbole to say he was considered by many to be one of the best in the world at this time period, early two thousand and sixteen. I mean, his character and charisma had just it just gone over so huge with fans all over the world and he was coming off of that great match with A. J. Styles at Wrestle Kingdom ten in January of the year and I mean, I was surprised at the time when he announced his departure from New Japan and then WWE obviously announced his signing in February. So do all this build for this match of Nakamura coming in and so much anticipation around his debut. And I've got to say, you know, give WWE props or rather NXT and Triple H. I mean, they absolutely nailed it, didn't they? And this incredible entrance, hearing that entrance music for the first time. I mean, crazy to think how it's gone now with Nakamura. But watching this at the time, you were like, whoa, they just get this guy. I mean, how wrong was I? But I mean... This must be one of the best entrances in the sort of past ten years, Andrew.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is one of my favorite theme songs. It it's just catchy as hell, and the, and the fans caught on to it really quick. Like, I uh, like right, like I think like the takeover after this. I think it was takeover Brooklyn when he beat Samoa Joe for the title. Uh, I think that was that following August or June. I think it was. Uh, yeah.
2: It was takeover the end.
1: T- it was t- take over the end yeah, t- take over the end before and uh, what, what take over was that day he beat samoa joe that was take over brooklyn too right for the nxt title because i know that was Tennessee yeah it, was. When that it happened. was yeah so so yeah the, the theme song called on real quick man and uh martin, martin did you get a chance to see nakamura over in the uk i know he did a couple shows over there in, i mean of course you we've all we've seen it in the video package to promote the the Zane nakamura match he did some shows for repro Oh, I'm
0: trying to remember now if I did see him. I know he had that match against Zack Saber Junior. that they call free on YouTube, and that was everywhere. But I'm trying to think if I did see him. Yeah, I missed. I, I must have seen him on one of the uh, Yar Call shows. Um, mm. Who was he taking on now? But yeah, I definitely saw him at one. Of, I mean, they are, uh, they rotated a lot of them New Japan guys in and out, so yeah, I saw um, a bunch of them like a
1: couple of years back. But yeah, not Nakamura, man. Like, they, like I, I think you hit it like, on the head, Mar. They they and, and they see they they got him like right off the bat. Like it, it was never a miss with Nakamura, uh, o- o- Omar. Like when you look at the overall scope of Nakamura's NXT title run, do you? I mean, his N- NXT run as a whole. Do you think that you know that like his transition over to WWE, front like as far as like a a a big name talent coming over to to WWE and having an NXT run. Do you think his was one of the better that that we've seen in NXT's history?
2: Um, I do. I I somewhat. As far as Shinsuke Nakamura and NXT though, I think, I think NXT utilized him greatly. I think Shinsuke Nakamura, he looked like a star, act like a star. And admittedly, so I'm going to admit something here. I'm a big, I'm a WWE show, by the way. So I had no idea who Shinsuke Nakamura is until I read Mm. rumors of, um, of him uh, coming to WWE. I think it was back in January and it got me thinking um, since AJ Styles moved to the main roster at the Royal Rumble, it got me thinking, like, what if Shinsuke debuted at mm-hmm. the main roster? Um, It got me thinking about that. Like, what would happen if Shinsuke just came out on the main roster? You know what I mean? So, just his run in NXT was, like I said earlier, they utilized him greatly, especially... um I remember his feud with uh, Bobby Roode the following year. I think it was a, a, a great feud. So, and that match with Zayn was my favorite match of the year. Um, until the other NXT Takeover match was with um, Revival and uh, DIY. That was False God. Uh, was it, uh, two out of three falls. Yeah, just a great match, Toronto. Yeah, it was one of my favorite matches. It actually beat that match. So. Again, it goes to show you how great the takeovers are and the matches are, if you know what I mean. So, again, a fantastic match. Also, by the way, I miss Sammy Zayn as a babyface. I mean, <laughs> he he his heel run is kind of okay, but I just miss Sammy as a babyface, man. You know, just he just you look at his Twitter presence and you look at him being outspoken, Sammy for Syria, and mm. you know he to, he's very. Um, politically and his very progressive views on politics i'm just like how come this dude is not a baby face man like i remember he was talking about uh the new day and uh i would think it was an episode of smackdown years ago where he was talking to uh, he was cutting a promo in the new day about capital uh, capitalism i was like yo this dude should be a goddamn baby face like he's (laughs) uh, speaking nothing but facts around here so anyways that's how uh, so it is great match just great match
1: and say, it is uh, what it
2: is yeah
1: I to say uh Martin when you look at uh like I, I feel like that idea that a foreign talent can't Simply connect with the audience without even having to have a microphone in in his or her hands. Consistently, I feel like Nakamura and and even Oscar was there before that. Like I mm. we, we can't say hand dismiss Oscar, but like just just while while we talking about Nakamura specifically, I feel like that they they did a really good job of like kind of really dispelling that formula and that idea in people's heads that a foreign talent can't come in and like they need a microphone and they gotta speak to the audience like Nakamura. Barely spoke, and he was like one of the most over talents on the entire roster. Like, and I, I was just really glad to see, like, throughout his entire run, and, and for Oscars in NXT, is like that. Like, they really got rid of that 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 idea, you know, that a foreign talent has to has to connect with the audience verbally in order for them to be over as a whole. Like, their whole presence is what got them over. Their aura is what got them over, and ringability is what got them over.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a variety of things, isn't it? It's, it's a it's incredible charisma. And, you know, and just his whole presence that, you know, and also I think this NXT crowd having that previous knowledge of his stuff in New Japan and and things like that, I think that really sort of helped him, especially, you know, making this debut here. And um, like you said about Sami Zayn, I think he is the perfect first opponent for Nakamura. I mean, they gel so well together. There's a nice mix of sort of technical wrestling mixed in with brutality and, and just... Just a nice story they told, you know, there was no story leading into this match other than it being the big debut. And, and I thought they did a really good job of Nakamura wearing Zane down with his knees and then pinning, pinning him, shockingly, after one finisher. I mean, unbelievable, one finisher and it's over. I mean, they hardly ever happens in NXT now with the spamming of the finishes <laughs> and the endless kickouts. And I mean, just a perfect debut. Yeah, I agree. Omar. It was
2: a perfect debut for Shinsuke Nakamura. Um... It was. Um just uh, I I'll put a top ten best debuts in in WWE. So again, I agree with you.
1: Yeah, and to bring up Omar's point about uh Sami Zayn, got gotta give him his props. Uh Martin Zane, he, he, he wrestled that uh in that WrestleMania that weekend, didn't he? in that ladder match for the intercom. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, I, th- I think Sami Zayn is legitimately like was one of the best baby faces that WWE had. Like, I, I, like that 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. You couldn't convince me that Sami Zayn couldn't be a top baby face. Like, I remember, like even back then, I was like, I remember when I first started writing uh, about wrestling. Like, my first article I ever wrote was about Sami Zayn uh, when <laughs> Sami Zayn. I was lobbying for him to win the Royal Rumble in twenty seventeen, and I thought that there should have been me
2: too. Him. Exactly, me too. I wanted him to win the Rumble as well.
1: I thought I thought it should have been him, uh, Kevin Owens and Finn Balor in a three way for the Universal Title. That that, that 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 was my that that was my pick. But yeah, man, Sami Zayn like now where he is like I, I am enjoying his heel run, and I don't think I can see him going back to babyface now just because, um, you know, just because of what he's doing now. Like it's just the way he's being presented. I can't really see him going back to being that underdog babyface that everybody roots for. I think that time is long gone. But yeah, th- th- this was definitely one of my favorite NXT matches. Great debut from Nakamura, which led to an incredible run in NXT. Uh Zane got the call up, got a real big pop in mania that, that mm-hmm. following that that weekend. So yeah, man, it it was just crazy. like like you said at the top, Martin, it was just crazy to see, you no, know, kind of to, to think about when you see these guys and like you think about where they are now. It's uh yeah. Like, I think I said it like five times already, but it was just, you know, c- kinda wild.
0: Yeah, because obviously it was a nice send off for Zayn, you know, as he got the ole ole from the crowd at the end. But um, I mean, you've talked a bit about Nakamura and NXT and obviously the great debut. And then, you know, I, you know, I hate to be the guy who's like, you know, when you think of some of the crackers that he's had in the past, and I struggle to think of anything he's really done on the main roster. I mean, obviously he won the Rumble that year, and then they had those lukewarm matches with AJ. I mean, didn't he have like? <laughs> five pay-per-view matches in a row or something i mean they were trying to recapture that wrestle kingdom magic but it sort of like fell a bit by the wayside and just didn't click for me the second time around with those matches and it just seems like it's it's a couple of things you know WWE might might not have uh, you know a great deal of stuff for nakamura and it also seems like nakamura is just happy to collect a paycheck and um and hit the surf in in uh, california <laughs> or...
2: <laughs> yeah I... I think uh, Shinsuke, I think he said something. The reason why he showed up in WWE was that he wanted to wrestle Daniel Bryan, I think. And so, I mean, he did got his witch in a random episode match of SmackDown. Mm -hmm. So, But again, I do think he loves, um, you know, I do agree that he probably loves surfing or whatever (laughs) and, and stuff. So, again, I agree with you, Martin, on that.
1: Yeah, uh, Sh- Shinsuke Man, like his run on the main roster is uh, it- it's been very underwhelming. Like I-, I think I think the expectations that a lot of people had coming out of NXT, people thought he was gonna be this, you know, he, he was he was gonna be leading the way for a little bit. Like I remember when he had to, um, he challenged Jinder Mahal for the WWE title at SummerSlam. Yeah, and I remember a lot of people were just like, dude, just do it, just put the title on him. Like, and then they didn't. And then he had the thing with AJ. And then, like, I think the expectations for the match with AJ really hurt that match a lot. Because I I, I remember when they first announced that for Mania, I was like, okay, they're going to try to recreate what they did at Wrestle Kingdom. This is about to be, like, one of the best Mm -hmm. Mania matches that we're going to get. And then it fell short, and it was not good. They tried to do it in the following month at the Backlash pay-per-view. That wasn't good. Like, the, the best match that they had, was the last man standing match, I think it was, and that was only good because of the stipulation. Like, I, it was just, you know, I, I don't think Nakamura's the main roster run has been anything, like, noteworthy, but I think we'll always have the, you know, the NXT run runner look finally back on, but it is kind of a disappointment that he hasn't reached the level of success that a lot of people thought he would uh, yeah. overall smackdown.
0: Yeah, it was at that mania in New Orleans. And um, I remember it had been a really good show up until that point. You know, obviously we had the uh, Rousey mm. and uh, Kurt Angle, the uh, Triple H and Stephanie. I just remember the crowd was well up for it. And then there seemed to be a point around uh, after that match, uh, I think it was the Daniel Bryan comeback match. And after that, it all seemed to sort of like fall off a cliff. I remember watching it at the time thinking, wow, this is one of the uh, best manias I've watched. And then, yeah, and then, being excited for that AJ and Nakamura match and that not really living up to the bill. And then obviously we had the Lesnar and Reigns match where I think literally <laughs> everyone in my section just <laughs> shined amongst themselves. Yeah, so it wasn't, yeah, half a good mania and then half not so good. But um, I suppose we've, we've talked quite a bit about Nakamura and Zane. Shall we move on to match four, which is, of course, uh, Bailey versus Asuka and Man. Yeah, I mean Bailey, well. Andrew Bailey had obviously set the standard for women's matches with Sasha the previous year, aren't we? And and Asuka's coming in here with the unbeaten streak. And I mean, they did have a tough spot to follow that previous match how into it. The crowd were, but um, thought it was a really, really well laid out match. I mean, you know, Bailey trying to match Asuka's intensity and then wearing the champ down with their submissions. I I think. Bailey, it's weird seeing her as this hugging character now. Nowadays, now <laughs> yeah, seeing exactly. her as a heel, but uh, I mean, Elmar, I think she's a fantastic babyface in peril, and, and her comebacks were absolutely great in this match.
2: Yeah, she was great. I mean, one of the best things about Bailey's uh, NXT run uh, was that she did show a bit of intensity, despite the fact that she was a babyface. on the main roster, I don't know, they just made her seem like a five-year-old who's just really scared on beating somebody up for some weird reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Because we just seen in her NXT run that she could be, you know, she could be very intense in the ring. As far as the match concerned, I remember I wasn't a big fan of that match, especially since it followed by a fantastic match between Shin and uh, Sami Zayn. And um, the ending of that match kind of shocked me because I because because I remember when she um, when Oscar defeated uh, Bailey, I was legit surprised. I was like, "Wow!" Uh, I was shocked, and not only that, it kicked off, in my opinion, one of if not the best championship reigns, not only in NXT but in WWE. In my opinion, mm-hmm. that that year and a half reign was just so good, and if anything, I think it enhanced. Her um, undefeated streak—it definitely enhanced her undefeated streak. Speaking of her matches, her match with uh, um, Nikki Cross—that last women's standing match was just amazing. So, just a match that wasn't the best, but it did lead to it did lead to great things. You know, it did lead to great things between. I would say uh, Oscar and even Bailey to some extent.
0: Yeah, Andrew. I mean, um, you had a, a lot of thoughts on this match, didn't you? Because obviously, this is a sort of different Oscar that we're seeing to now on the main roster.
1: Martin, Omar, I got, a, I got a lot of thoughts, man. A lot of thoughts so specifically about <laughs> Oscar and seeing her in this presentation. But I, I do want to speak on Bailey real quick. Like, ba- like, ba- I feel like Bailey has had a very very great run as a heel i feel like she really transitioned really well from that baby face that was getting really really stale it wasn't even it was already stale like i was done with it and then she really transitioned well into this current her current form that she's in right now and she you know she kind of helped lead the way wwe through their pandemic era uh starting last march which has been crazy it's been a four year already but um, yeah, man, I, I remember I was at that that um, battleground 2016 pay per view when she debuted a couple months after this, I think it was, and the the, the place went insane mm. when, when she came out. Like ba- Bailey was like legit, like one of our like last as far as WWE goes, like our last like uh, white meat baby face type talents. Like I I, yeah. th- I think I think 2017 2018 was like that's when Gargano started to take that role from. You know in, in, in NXT but just speaking about Bailey, man like she 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 had it and she still has it now and she I think she's been a uh, very successful man like she had a she she's she's doing really well for herself but Oscar, oh my goodness bro see, like see, seeing her in this current in, in this form this 2016 form like and yeah. seeing the, the the presence that she had on screen and just the way that she moved around the ring like dude i, I was just while wa- mean, i was watching this match and i was like bro I, like I, I really love like i did this i only not had anything to do with the match but i was just like i, I really like the sound of the mat like when when the, the mic is when the mat is like really mic'd up the way it was and uh, oscar and bailey man they they were just like going tick for tat uh for, for most of this match and, and seeing oscar man like it was just it, it just amazes me how like so so the thing is right When you look at her main roster run, you technically really can't call it a failure because, like, when you look at everything that she's done, as far as accolades goes, like she's been a multi-time War women's champion, multi-time SmackDown Women's champion, she won the Royal Rumble, won Money in the Bank, been a multi-time Women's Tag Team champion. She's literally done it all, bro. But like her, she's booked like shit. That's the thing. It just doesn't. it, It it never makes sense to be how you got a talent this good. Who can really yeah. the women's division? But you kind of use her as a placeholder to get to point A to point B. It's like she's never truly the focus of your story, and even though while she's champion, like I remember, I'm pretty sure you guys remember, like two weeks before Mania, they took the damn title off for to give it to Charlotte, and I was like, 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 what would you do that for? And then I, it later got yeah. revealed that she was supposed to face um Sonya Deville at that year's WrestleMania, but they decided to uh add the at the SmackDown women's title to the to the the three way uh, at Mania between Becky Rhonda and and, and Charlotte but like uh, Oscar man like it just I always get kind of confused on how to look at her main roster because like sometimes I, I want to sit there and be like they they kind of failed her a little bit but at the same time I look at her accolades and I'm like did she really fail or like it's just the booking just that bad like it, 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 yeah it, it's, it's like so so weird man like I, I never like truly know what to really think about her run like as I mentioned like she has a lot of accolades and she has accomplished a lot but it's not, it's not like they just have her ass sit on the sidelines. Like she's done more, uh, within her time on the main roster than a lot of people could ever have. So it's, it's it, it just don't ever make sense to me. Like, as far as like what her, like, like how, how she's presented on the main roster, but like just, just to see her like where she was at the time period and like seeing how the crowd was reacting to her and stuff like that. Like it was just, it, it kind of, it, it kind of really made me miss this Oscar. And of course, like, oh, mentioned she had that great run, uh, that great run in NXT. And then, um, yeah, the, the 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 main roster run has been has been quite the quite quite the deal so far, man.
0: Do you think um she got a lot of wind took out her sales from that manure I just mentioned, then WrestleMania thirty four when she uh lost to uh Charlotte Flair and I think she was on an undefeated run then, wasn't she? And that was like the end of the streak sort of thing. Do you think they should have kept that going a bit longer and what? Uh,
2: what was the question again? Uh in uh, terms of
1: Oscar? Yeah. He said do do you think they should have kept the streak? Uh, I think
2: going? Oscar's I looking back, I do think so. At least until maybe who's I you know, I do think maybe um someone I don't know, like that's an interesting question because I remember when Charlotte beat Oscar at WrestleMania 34 and I remember I I didn't hate it. I was like, I wanna see what they're going with this. And then months later she had Oscar had a pretty terrible feud with Carmella, even though I'm a big fan of Carmella as a SmackDown women's champion. I thought she was, I know, call me crazy. I thought she was probably one of the best heels in in WWE at that time, just because she was the exact opposite of what the women's revolution, Mm -hmm. women's uh, division, uh, the the women's division at that time. So, but speaking on Oscar, I, as far as her. uh, losing streak concerns. I, I can't really say, but looking back, I would say you know what she could have at least kept him going for at least another year, maybe until you know Becky Lynch, the maybe her uh, mm. or her rise, maybe she could defeat her as well. So who knows?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely feel like they could have got. Um, I mean, I definitely remember the air went out of the room when you know when Charlotte did win, um, being there live. But um, yeah, they could have kept it going. A bit longer, but I, I suppose with Bailey, maybe proof, Andrew, that you know, obviously her hugging character didn't really strike the same chord it did in NXT as on the main roster. And you know, and I think she might be proof that you know, you've got to keep on plugging and then you know, come out with a new character. And it seems to be all you know, all working out for her now,
1: yeah, uh, 100%. Man, I feel like she. She 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 did have a rough start at the beginning of her main roster tenure because like it, it like I, I felt like just like and, and even even now I, I feel like it like they've always like it, it's always been her and Sasha Banks like together as a pair like they always match up like it always has to be them and I felt like the I feel like for a long time on the main roster Sasha always outshined Bailey always and it kind of it kind of dampered that baby face thing a little bit because sasha sasha was also viewed portrayed as a baby face so it just never like really lined up a little bit even though they did have their bright moments and and i also felt like the consistent teasing of their feud and then them getting back together and then them feuding again like it was it, it was like a real weird thing and i think that kind of took a lot of momentum out of bailey sales and then like I, I feel like she did she started to do like a really good job you know around the time when she uh like it did like i i think it was uh, like so- somewhere into that Fox run uh, th- and at the beginning when she, when she destroyed the balloon and then, you know, she, you know, got her own persona, uh, like outside of the, the smiley, happy baby, Bailey yep. that we all, that we all know. So yeah, man, she, she's done like a really good job so far. And like, I think that th- she she can get like a, a couple more years out of this, uh out of this <laughs> hill run, but I, I I can't really ever see her going back to baby face Bailey. I just think that, that that's just, she, she's just an elevated version of herself now, and I don't think it's any point of going back to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pointless going back to that, isn't it? That's uh, that character is well and truly over now. But um, obviously, Asuka picked up the winner and the title, and uh, they showed Bobby Rude in the crowd. I mean, watching this back, I had honestly forgot he was still in WWE <laughs> at this point. I mean, <laughs> everyone remembers that great theme music down they? that always sort of like gets a big reaction. And um, Is it
1: Robert I- Rude, Bobby Rude? He, like who's he now? <laughs> he, he, he was he was he was Bobby Roode back then, but now he's a uh, Robert Roode. Yeah. Hey, Mark, Martin, did you know he's a tag team champion right now? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, shows how a, much
0: I've watched WWE in the past year. Former
1: US champion as well. Yeah, but 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 the, the thing is, he had like a really good run in the NXT. Like legit, he had a really good run, like a good mm. heel heel champion. Facts. Right? Like, it, it, it was, it was, it was solid, man. Like it wasn't bad. It wasn't, I, I wasn't going to say like, it was like over the top great, but it was like, it was like a good stretch in NXT where I was like, he he's doing like a really good job. And, and then I, I really missed that old school NXT belt with the big X on it. I like, I, I, I think they should bring that back.
0: Yeah, I used to really like him in TNA with beer money, and then um, he had a great feud with James Storm over the world title. Uh, built, they used to build him as a great white meat baby face, but yeah, now he just he just seems to be another guy on, on the roster. But yeah, he did have a, a pretty decent run in um, NXT, but he's never quite clicked with the audience the way other NXT people have, I don't feel, Omar.
2: Um, in terms of Bobby Roode, I loved his feud with Roderick Strong, especially when Bobby was talking crap about Ro- uh, uh, Roderick's wife. I thought that was the funniest thing I've seen from that run. It should have been a takeover match at least, but you know it was on NXT TV, so that was cool. In terms of Bobby Roode in the main roster run, it was really weird. I remember when he came to the main roster, they turned him babyface for mm. some weird reason. I don't know, maybe because his theme is over. I don't, I don't know. Um, for, he, he, for some reason, I forgot that he was a U.S. champion. I was like, yo, that dude actually won the U.S. title, which he lost to, I think, Randy Orton at Fastlane 2018. But yeah, his run in the main roster is disappointing to say the least.
0: So uh moving on to the main event now. We have the uh, champion, Finn Balor taking on Samoa Joe and um these two had been feuding for a while at this point, you know. We saw so the headline, the takeover, London card, and then. But well, what's different about this match is that they kind of had to slow the match down, didn't they? After a clash of heads, and they kind of stopped the match so Joe can be attended to. Um, I remember this being um, quite the talking point at the time, Andrew. You know, a lot of people saying, "Oh, well, it made it more realistic, like a real fight, like the what you know they might do in sort of like UFC or MMA," and then. You know, clearly the crowd were were booing it at points, but um, just something a, a bit different in the match happening here. I feel.
1: Yeah, Ma- Ma- Martin, did you feel like it, it like him getting busted open, kind of made the crowd want Joe to win the title more? Yeah, and it kind of it kind of had that feeling, like it was just like they they were rooting for him a lot, like because cause they kept stopping the match. And I like I, I'm not gonna lie, bro, like I wasn't really. Like, I remember watching this back. I, I really wasn't bothered by it. I was like like it's it's kind of like cool in a way but not cool like I, I don't really know how to describe it like but i wasn't like upset about it i was like this kind of made me want to see joe take the take the title off Valor like like even more and uh like it it, it kind of it made me wonder like what like did, did this have like any effect on the outcome of the match because they kept having to slow it down because joe ended up winning the title like two weeks later at mm-hmm. a house show so i was like what, sure. like, what, yeah. like what like was he supposed to win the top see that this with WWE, they need to let me interview some more Joe so I could ask this question. They, they, they <laughs> that, that, that's what mm-hmm. they need to let me do. But no, I was just like I, I was just curious. Like, would they like what did did that have any effect on this because the match kept having to get slowed down and Joe kept having to get checked out? Like did they just be like, ah, right, you know what? Let's just go ahead and quick roll up and then you know, we're gonna do this with Joe a couple of weeks later down the line. Cause it, it was it was just like a, a weird thing. Like I like even the momentum going into the match, it felt like it was Joe's night.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, um, I mean, Omar, what did you think about these two guys' uh, this feud? Um, I mean, I I feel like you know they they had decent matches together, but for me, I don't think they quite clicked as well. I mean, I I don't know what your thoughts are on on you know, they de- they are good matches. Don't get me wrong, but I I don't think they they clicked and and got to that next level as I would expect from these two.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. I watching the uh, the match back. I was like, it, it, there was something missing about those matches uh, with Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Um, fun fact: I want to give you guys some fu- some some inside you know, story about Finn Balor. So you remember his entrance? Um, Finn Balor he revealed during an interview with Sam Roberts, I think, on May May of this of 2016, that he was supposed to ride a horse. You know, because you know Dallas and Texas, it kind of fits the vibe. But then the NXT, I think they shot it down. So it would have been cool seeing you know him um, rocking the you know the the theme of you know Dallas and Texas. You know, uh, as far as the matches, um, the series of matches, I thought I thought the ma- um, the the end match, the takeover, the end match in the seal cage, that was a way better match, and I think this is the only time uh, the, the demon, the demon character was pinned by Samoa Joe and it kind of kicked off a very decent run for Samoa Joe, even though it was pretty short. And so again, a very, a very, um, a very very decent main event didn't bother me. It wasn't offensive, but you know, it could have been better in my opinion, especially after a a rewatch.
0: Yeah, Andrew. I mean, m- my personal opinion is by the time Joe had got to this point, I feel like you know his best days are maybe behind him. Still, still a decent hand to have in the ring, but I feel like you know, obviously loved him in TNA 2005 and you know his ROH stuff and that. But maybe sort of like you know, maybe you know his, be- his best days might have been behind him at this point.
1: I think that I think that's real fair to say to be honest with you. Like I think a lot of people look back to some more Joe's uh days in tna and of course like you mentioned his days in ring of honor some of his what what would you would you say glory years is the fair the fair term to use yeah yeah like yeah like yeah his his glory years and he had a lot of standout matches in in both ring of honor and uh and tna and his his nxt run like maybe it seemed like it just it was just the latter end of his career like not not necessarily like the complete end but let's say like Seventy percent, sixty percent in, like, and he 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 did have a really good NXT title run. I'm not gonna say he didn't. He had a really good NXT title run, and then you know where he's at now. Of course, he you know they, they I don't think they've cleared him because he's been uh the concussions. So I don't think that's uh yeah the the concussions really really did some um some some bad for Samoa Joe. Uh, but you know hopefully they let him get back in there, man, because I think a lot of people think he still has a lot to contribute in ring wise. And um, like he, he's he's you no, know, I think a lot of people have been praising his commentary, but at the same yeah. time, I, I feel like Samoa Joe still has I I would say like a, an intercontinental title run or a U.S. title run in there. Like I I don't really know about the the WWE or the Universal title, and I think that's maybe got something to do with them probably being hesitant because he m- could be labeled as injury prone, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I like I I can I can definitely see him still yeah. some type of like mid card title run because he still has a lot to contribute, but. Hell of a career for Samoa Joe, bro. Like, he has had a hell of a career when you look at everything that he's done in a stand-down
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as far as Balor goes, obviously, the Demon gimmick, um, you know, I kind of feel like it just became too much of a cliche. It was really good at starting, obviously, the crowd came into it, and he had that sort of terrible feud with uh, Bray Wyatt, but... Honestly, you know, d- despite the crowd reaction, I do feel like, you know, it's best that he sort of ditched the demon now and I, and I feel like he's, um you know, now he's gone back to NXT. I, I really feel like, um you know, he's he's a lot better without that character holding him down, I think, Omar. No
2: I liked his demon gimmick. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I liked his demon gimmick. You know, I, I thought it was, I don't know, I, I like supernatural characters in WWE. Maybe it's biased because I'm a big Taker fan, so... I like that supernatural element to it. I wish that his style would be would be different. Like his demon style would be more submission and more technical wrestling and you know his his normal side would be more, you know, high flying, high spots, you know, suicide dives and stuff, but you know, in terms of Finn Bálor as a character I, I don't mind the demon stuff. I wish he would bring it back at some point because I know he hasn't brought it back in like a few years now. So I hope, he, he, I hope, I hope you know the fine folks over at Titan Towers could bring it back if you know what I mean. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've not really thought about that before. Sort of like have them, you know, because when he did come out as a demon on certain shows, it was just the same thing. Balor, but have them as sort of like separate things where he was doing sort of like a different style depending on you know which character he was performing as.
1: Yeah, so the thing about like, I, so I, I do think that he should continue to stay away from the demon character just a little bit because like the, the thing Yay. that kind of, the, the thing that kind of ran into the ground when he was on the main roster is that like literally every big match, everybody would just automatically assume that you were going to see mm-hmm. the demon. And that takes away a lot from like, it, 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 the demon character isn't a bad thing, but I think you need to really take take your time as far as, like, when you bring it out. Like, I don't think that there needs to be an opportunity where he has a big match every big every pay-per-view or every big pay-per-view where you automatically assume that you're going to see the demon character. You need to keep keep on doing, like, what he's doing now. And then maybe maybe at TakeOver Stand to Deliver, we see the demon. Like, maybe, but I, but I don't know like how, how they would go about that. I feel like Finn Balor doing a really solid job within his current mm. incarnation and he should just keep riding that wave, man. I I, I don't really see a point in him bringing back the demon now. Like, and it's easier to really build it up to where if you want to have him take a loss, he could take a loss. And then without really harming the, 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 the aura of the demon character. Like, I feel like it's just so much easier to present Finn Balor in his current self, opposed to, you know, bringing back the demon and then having the, like and then, like how um, Omar said, like this, his wrestling style doesn't change. It's like the same person, just with face mask or face paint. Mm. It's like there's nothing different about the Demon character other than the cool entrance. So, yeah, I think Finn Balor in his current incarnation is just the best, the best thing for himself. Yeah,
0: I mean, um, so Omar, what are your um, overall thoughts on on this show?
2: I would say it was another great takeover, but I wouldn't put in my top five. I think my favorite takeover was um, um Takeover New Orleans. I love that takeover man. It was that take with I even liked as the Alistair Black and Andrade match. Speaking of Andrade, man, well wishes to the guy. I hope he hope he does great things outside mm-hmm. of, the, of uh, WWE but th- again, Take Takeover Dallas a great uh, a great takeover but I wouldn't put in like my top 5. Probably top 10 but not top 5.
0: Well, it's interesting that uh, you mentioned that uh, New Orleans one. There, I mean, um, I did put a shout out on Twitter early today, and it does seem like uh, people have a lot of different opinions on what is the best takeover. Some people say, you know, this one in Dallas. Others saying the New York one. I think there's a fair amount of live bias from people who are telling me the New York one, and then even some shout outs for the R Evolution one with Pac Zane and uh, the Owens debut, and. Mm what 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 in your opinion where does this rank andrew among the takeovers and what uh what are some of your favorite ones
1: uh i i would definitely say my favorite takeover is uh new orleans in 2018 because mm. that 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 whole card was stacked from top to bottom dude that <laughs> nxt north american title match remain ladder match remains one of my favorites alistair black getting to beat andrade for the title and that uh the whole storyline was elena vega and um yeah, that that I, the, the Tommaso Champa Johnny Gargano match was great. Like, like the, 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 I think that was probably peak Tommaso Champa right there, to be honest with you. And um, of course that I, I gotta mention that match uh, at Takeover Philly, um, a couple months before Takeover New Orleans. Man, that match with Johnny Gargano and Andre was. I I think that's the best NXT match of all time. Legitimately, like that match was insane. I think very highly of that match. Like I, I, I mean, I, I really can't say in all of WWE. Like I, I can't, I can't say that confidently, but I can definitely say confidently as far as like I think that's the best match that NXT uh, has under their banner was uh, Gargano and uh, Almas at the Takeover uh, Takeover Philly.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I'd have to say uh, the Brooklyn one, Sasha and Bailey, and then Liger on there, you know, that seemed like the first big one when you thought, wow, AMXT becoming something really huge. And certainly that Sasha and Bailey match will go down as, like, you know, sort of like, certainly one of the sort of like pivotal women's matches, especially when you're talking about this evolution of women's wrestling. Um, But yeah, it's hard to look past, isn't it? Andrade against, uh, against Gargano, absolutely fantastic match. But, um, any sort of, like, final thoughts on this show or takeovers or NXTs, Omar? Um,
2: I think NXT, what's missing, in my honest opinion, is... I don't... I think NXT, the pacing still needs a lot of work with the two-hour shows. I just missed an hour NXT. I don't know why. <laughs> I just miss. I really don't... It, it's, it's especially great for, like... Resting content creators because it's easily digestible and it made them stand out amongst even raw smackdown with an hour an hour long then that's the thing that's missing but other than that i do think nxt now is pretty good and i do think the reason why it's a little different is you know the pacing and uh, and with a different creative team so i do think nxt is good but it's not as great as you know the glory years you know 2014 15 16 hell even 2018 so
0: yeah, I think um yeah, it does seem like it's not as hot as it used to be, doesn't it? I mean, Andrew, what do you think's gone wrong for them? You know, despite the pandemic, do you think people may be sick of the Johnny Gargano main events, you know, too much the Shawn Michaels agents in of matches, maybe, you know, it just seem you know, maybe they bled the Indies dry and any potentials, you know, haven't really got that Florida loop to own their act anymore, aren't you? Instead they're straight on network TV now, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think they did have a lot of momentum when they first started on USA. But like now, it's just like I don't, I don't know. Like I I feel like when they had the the one hour shows on the net on the network, it was just easier for the for the for for their writing team to just put stuff together and really map it out and make it as sharp as possible. But I think that's very different when you're on a week to week basis and you have so many changes, especially during the pandemic. You got to shake shit up so much, like mm-hmm. and at, 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 at off the whim sometimes, and you really don't have a choice. But like I feel like when they was on the network, when they were on the network, it was just everything was like really crisp and even when there were spoilers that leaked out, it was still interesting to tune in. And I, I feel like, uh, of course we've seen some of the reports out there. Um And I saw, um I, I can't remember exactly what source it was. I want to say it was either PW. I want to say it was PW Insider who reported that the internal schedule is after WrestleMania for NXT is listed for Tuesdays. So like the, the, the shows to take place on Tuesday. So I, I think a move, from 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 the Wednesday night war, quote unquote, I, I think it'll be good for both AEW and NXT because it'll give people the opportunity to watch both shows live, and it'll kind of keep keep kind of kind of kind of add more excitement, you know, because we get to see both in there, you know complete forms without you know checking social media and then you know seeing already what happened and then you got to watch it back and then this mm. looks like you know whatever. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll do NXT and AEW some good if if you know if NXT does uh, move one night, uh, one night prior. Yeah.
0: Yeah. will be interesting to see what happens when crowds come back and, you know, whether, you know, these takeovers do sort of like go back to being as, as hot as they were for this show. But yeah, it was really good back going back. And now uh, I've not watched this show since watching it in 2016. So it's definitely good going back and watching this. And, um, yeah, before we get out of here, uh, Omar, any uh, obviously huge thanks for joining us on the show this month. Thank uh, you, man. Any any plugs that you want to uh, get in there? Maybe Twitter and your blog, etc.
2: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at uh, Omar the Player Guy. Follow me on my Facebook page, even though it has like 22 people following, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, at Playout Wrestling Post on Facebook, obviously follow the site. Playout Wrestling Podcast dot blogspot.com or you can just go to my Twitter. It's it's in the bio. Uh we do um the five newsweek which is my news um my news week my newsweek update just like what you guys uh, do at post wrestling um I do Monday night raw review smackdown review I do the Co- Coherent Wrestling Wednesdays where we talk about NXT or um and um, AEW dynamite. Um, also I do a monthly editorial so this month, I'm I'm gonna write about uh, the so bad it's good matches to watch, like a kind of guilty pleasure. Like it's you know it's bad, but it's really good. So I'm working on that editorial. Uh, so just check out the site. Just check, uh, follow me on Twitter at Omar the Player, guys. So,
0: have you ever seen uh, WCW War Games '98? no i haven't i feel like that would fit perfectly into that so bad experience. yeah you know, just go and watch it i mean it's hilariously awful but um andrew have you got um, anything to plug before we are out of here i mean uh, any interviews you've done this past month i know you've been doing the impact reports with David portman
1: yeah man i'm trying to line up some more interviews i'm on a slump right now i don't like it but we're gonna figure it out i'm gonna try to get somebody on the channel and line up some stuff but I'm, i am doing the of course they've written reports on Post Rest the news updates that I try to fill up as much as possible. And then uh of course I'm doing the stuff with Davey. and everybody make sure you go buy the shirt for for, for me and Martin. Twenty five percent off. Go get it. don't don't, <laughs> don't 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 make us come find you. Don't do it. Go back. Just go buy, it. Just go buy it yeah. and, 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 and and wear the shirt and tag us and make sure you tag the post rest Twitter account so all of us can uh can share it and retweet it. But yeah, that's all I got going on
0: indeed yeah go and go store.postwrestling.com and uh, of course we've got post day coming up on april the 3rd uh yeah. live for patreons uh, a few shows that have been out so far john and way are going to be doing a live ask away you and drew are going to be uh on with nate milton and chrissy be, <laughs> to be cracking show always a good time with you three um bd have got their worst mania matches ever and then me and benno are going to be looking back at wcw in europe uh Maybe I've got a special guest lined up for that one with me and Benno, but still uh, crossing the I's and dotting the T's. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that one. And of course, recently did the Sting Roundtable. Great time chatting with Nate Milton and Chris Ealy about the man called Sting and his whole career. So, yeah, and obviously leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I know everyone asks you to do with that, but if you like the show, really does help on iTunes or whatever. So, yeah, without further ado. Five stars
2: on iTunes. Yep, there you go.
0: And uh, Omar, obviously, huge thanks for joining us this month. Really appreciated you taking the time to come speak with us.
2: Merci, merci. Thank you, thank you. I would love to be on the show again. So it was fun talking wrestling for like an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, definitely. Always a good time. Appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next month.